Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. What's up, everyone out there? I appreciate you tuning in. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Hey, listen, we call it a KDK. We call it the, your weekly checkup from the neck up. I don't know if you noticed, but there's a... Uh, there's a whole deal going on outside in the world right now where a lot of people are confined, confined in ways that they are not used to, confined in ways that they were not prepared for, and confined in ways that are definitely affecting their day-to-day, maybe affecting your day-to-day. So I do, uh, I do work in maximum security prisons. Tonight, I'm going to give you some insight into not only what goes on in the prison system, but more importantly for you, what goes on in your own life. More specifically, here's what I want to talk about tonight. And look, I want you to be a part of this show. I want you to call in. This is an opportunity to talk about what's going on inside of you. Your mental health, it's worth your effort. And this show is an opportunity to talk about some of the Let's call it mental clutter that challenges your peace. So here's the number. It's 866-391-1020. 866-391-1020. So I'm watching people, and look, I'm a level five anger management specialist, and I recognize that that means nothing to someone who doesn't even associate with that kind of stuff. I feel very proud of that designation, however, because I worked hard to get there, and I know there aren't more than a handful of people who've kind of gotten to that level, so I feel very grateful to have that. But what does all that mean? Well, here's what it means. It means that I want to help you find a way to get to peace. Look, there, there are so many people out there who are struggling right now, and maybe you're one of them, maybe you're... Maybe you're looking for insight. Maybe you're feeling desperate and you say you want to reach out. What I would love for you to do is reach out and talk. we got a bunch of questions. We're going to answer questions all night. We're going to answer emails. But I'd love to talk to you. So 866-391-1020 is the number. I'm big on authenticity. I'm big on being genuine. Kind of made a career out of being genuine. So tonight, we're not in the studio. Tonight, we're still doing broadcasts from our home base. And when I broadcast from my home base, I bring my number one person in the world to sit next to me. And tonight, I have her again, my wife, Kristen, who is a certified hypnotherapist. But more than that, my rock and the person who's going to get through this show with me tonight, Kristen. So Kristen, first of all, I appreciate you. You made it all the way through traffic here tonight. I did. Thank you so much for having me. How was it coming in? Um, it was touch and go. There was, uh, you know, dogs in the way, but yeah, we made it through. We made it through. Nice. So I, I had an opportunity today. I, I do work in maximum security prisons, and I went into a prison today. I met with some people who were pretty fed up, pretty angry. Um, they were frustrated, and understandably so. Look, when you are confined, and maybe now more than ever, the message that I try to give to the world about Being mindful of all of us, I I say it this way, like if you get a cut on your foot, you don't start beating your foot and cut your foot off. Instead, you try to heal your foot. And in that same way, when people are struggling, instead of trying to cut them out or think they don't exist, it's more important to heal that and heal people when they are struggling in some deep pain. So anyway, I'm in the maximum security prison today and I was talking to a group of inmates who were really fired up. They're really angry. And it was interesting to watch and listen and sit back and see 
what was going on in their minds, one of the things that I noticed that stood out to me was that when we're angry, when we're steeped in anger, we have a very narrow vision. In other words, we're, we have a very difficult time when we're angry being able to see anything else outside of whatever is consuming our thoughts. And our thoughts are powerful. Our thoughts are what drive us. For example, let's just go to your own life right now through this quarantine. How do you define what you're experiencing? Do you define it as, I'm stuck at home? Or do you define it as, my goodness, I actually have an opportunity to spend time with loved ones. Time I never really would have taken or been able to take, but now I have this time with my loved ones. How you describe your world will shape how you experience your world. But here's the experience I wanted to talk about today. So when I saw people who were struggling with anger, what happens is people become so overwhelmed with whatever it is that they're focused on when it comes to anger that they miss out on the very things that they're doing. So we have, honestly, I'm going to just be genuine with you. I want to say it. I want to say it straight. I want you to know this too, that this applies to all people. This isn't just you, just me. It's all people. But anger really forms around a sense of entitlement. Entitlement. In other words, we are, we get this sense that we are entitled for the world to go exactly the way we believe the world should go. And heaven forbid anyone or anything goes differently from how we believe it should go, we're going to be steeped in a lot of anger. And when we're trapped in anger, we have a difficult time seeing what we're actually doing. I'll give you an example. So the, the Department of Corrections is doing, uh, they're working hard to try to release uh, some inmates who uh, maybe have a nonviolent crime. There are so many stipulations that people have to meet. And we would think, or someone from the outside might think, wow, this is pretty incredible that people are working hard to try to make sure that we can release somebody that might not um, have, might have already served their time. And although that might sound like something that might be welcomed in a prison system, the reality is that I encountered people who were like, well, what about me? Why am I not being let go? And, and then what happens is when you get that in your foreground, you push to the background any reasons that might be actually contributing to why you're not getting out. And here's what happens. We can get so fired up on what we believe and what we're seeing that we miss what we're actually doing. When you're living in an entitled way, you can't see it because we believe our entitlement is justified. We believe our anger is justified. And I want to hit you with something that I get that is going to sound intense, but at the same time, it's a reality. And this show deals with reality. I see, and I see this throughout the world, when people feel anger and hatred toward another group, toward other people, they really convince themselves that their anger and hatred is justified. And the truth is, that is true all over the world. It's why wars are fought. It's why people say, stay in groups and just literally just hate others, no matter what they say, no matter what they do. When you're stuck in anger, it's a prison. It's a psychological prison. Maybe I'm passionate about the work I do in the prison system because I hate seeing people stuck. I hate seeing people trapped. I hate seeing people in prison, but it's not just imprisoned physically. Trust me, there are people who definitely deserve to be imprisoned physically. They've hurt others and have in, intentions to hurt more. And that's true. That's a reality. But what I hate to see more than anything is being stuck, being trapped psychologically. Maybe that's you. It's all of us in some extent. And what we need is each other to step through all of this stuff and get to another side. Maybe when you watch the news, you watch it with vitriol, hatred. Hey, I, I hate this side. And, and whatever this side says, I'm going to be angry. And I'm going to lash out. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put Facebook posts up about my hatred. And hey, my hatred is justified because, hey, and then you give your reason. And the reality is that that's true no matter what side you're on. Whatever side you're on, whatever your belief system is, when others oppose what you believe, you think that's not right, that's not okay. 
I can't handle this. They're wrong, I'm right. This is what beliefs do. Robert Burton, one of the leading neuroscientists in the world, has demonstrated neurologically, this is a fact, this isn't opinions, this isn't, this isn't uh, guesswork, this isn't fancy conjecture, this is reality. When we feel certain about something, when we feel certain specifically about our beliefs, we're not talking about uh, a thought, we're not talking about a cognition, we're talking about a feeling. You feel certain, you feel like whatever you believe is right, and that's why we feel so justified and spewing hatred, passing on Facebook messages and Twitter messages that are filled with hate, and we think, well, it's not that big of a deal because this person deserves it. But here's a reality. We're leaving a footprint on this world. We're leaving a footprint with what we're putting out, with the content that we give to the world. And I think it's important now more than ever to recognize what your footprint is. For me, I need to focus on what my footprint is. And I'm not saying this is easy. I'm, that's a, Please, trust me, it's not easy. That's why I do this show. It's a free resource. Call in. 866-391-1020 is the number. would love to talk to you. Because I know that handling a, hatred, handling anger, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. I got this great message um, on my YouTube channel. So I do a YouTube channel. If you're new to the show, check it out. You go to YouTube. You type in Dr. Christian Conti. Um, C-O-N-T-E, and you'll check it out. But I had a great message. I can't, I'm not, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name here. Uh, La, I'm going to say Lavender, Lavender Gal. Uh, but here was the message. It says, I never thought of myself as someone who feels entitled, but as I reflect on situations that have really angered me, that I perseverate on and fume over, I think you're exactly right. I find myself thinking, who the hell do they think they are talking to? to me? Why would they talk to me like that? Or they don't even know what they're talking about or, or doing or thinking or saying. I've had, I have several master's degrees and I think that I feel like people who don't, maybe don't have as much college time under the belt shouldn't be trying to put me in my place, so to speak. It's not that I go out looking to be angry, but people will say something that irritates me and I, I revert back to the how dare you mode. Anyway, thank you for saying that about being entitled that resonated with me and I look forward to working on letting go. So Lavender, I want to tell you thank you so much for your message. We got a whole lot coming up tonight. 866-391-1020 is a number. We're going to get on to all of it on Emotional Management on KDK Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. You're listening to Emotional Management. If you want to be a part of the show, Let's say you're struggling with something and you want to call in, give us a call. 866-391-1020 is the number. That's 866-391-1020. And if, let's say, this, is a, this is a show where we're, you're talking about yourself, what you're going through. If by any chance you feel like, hey, I want, to, I want to change my name, you can do that. You can call in. You can be anonymous if you want. You can make up a name. It's radio. As much as you might feel like people can see you, they can't. Um, and would love to give you support. Would love to give you help in any way that we can. So again, 866-391-1020 is the number. But let's go to questions. Let's get right to it. Um, okay, so we have a question from Valerie. Um, the question is, I have a seven-year-old boy. and He's a good kid, but he has a short fuse at times. He gives up easily when he doesn't understand something, understand something at school, but then at home he's a lot little different. Last night, he got upset at a game and it escalated very quickly. He went from stomping and crying to yelling uh, and telling my family to get away. You don't care about me and so on. He continued to say that he deserves respect. And he said, after I, all I've done for you. This is alarming because after it's all said and done, he acts like it doesn't, he doesn't know what he did, uh, but he does. He's a very smart kid. And at this point, I feel like I'm being manipulated by a little kid. I'm at a loss for words, and I'm just very sad and confused. I'm a young mom, so I have the energy. I just don't know what to do or say. Times have changed, and kids are advanced. Thank you. And this is from Brittany. Brittany, okay. Brittany, Brittany, this is a great question. Um, first of all, thank you so much um, for writing in. Thank you so much. And look, I can see you struggling, so I want to validate that. That's a lot. That's a lot to go. It's a lot to go through when you have a seven-year-old, and you're feeling like he's kind of in control of everything that's happening. So what I want to do for you is 
kind of give you a pause and a reset. Like let's whew, let's take a breath. Let's let's pause. Let's reset this. Because what we don't want to do is this. Well, we want to encourage your 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 boy, and we want to encourage his thinking and his brilliant mind. At the same time, we need to set boundaries. See, one of the greatest uh, maybe secrets to parenting is this. Once you create boundaries, your children can actually thrive. When you don't have boundaries, when they can say this or that, and there aren't consequences to what they're saying, then they start to really not understand their world. So I kind of have this picture based off what you're writing in and saying that this that this little boy of yours, brilliant little boy, I love it, I love it. But I, I have this feeling that he's kind of learned if I say this, this is what will happen. If I do this, this will be what happened. So whereas right now it might feel complicated, it honestly might feel like, my goodness, how does he see all of this? The truth is he's only responding to stimulus and response. In other words, when he does something and says, well, I don't even remember, and you say, oh, that's okay, or you kind of let him get away with saying he doesn't remember, then you're pretty much helping him see that he can do that, and that's an out. And I think that's a really important out to not have. Now, here's another challenge, and this is another layer, and I think this is really important. Just telling him you're wrong, or you remember. So I want to keep this in mind, too. I've specialized in helping people in my entire career who were lying even to themselves come to that reality of truth. And it's not easy. So in other words, if he starts to believe that whatever he's saying is true, it's going to be hard for him to acquiesce and admit to what he's doing. So the, the challenge for you is to put the actual mission first. In other words, if you put... I need to prove that I'm right and you're wrong first, then you're likely going to continue in what's called a power struggle. But if you kind of set that aside, here's a way to think about it. If during the middle of the night, he wakes up and says, it's not nighttime, it's daytime. And you actually engage in an argument with him, as an example, that would be like saying, okay, Whatever you say has validity. Instead, it can be like, listen, I appreciate that you think it's daytime right now, but the truth is it's night. And it's important for me to teach you that it is night. I'm saying that because I want to put this in perspective. When he says, well, he does something and just says, well, I didn't know I did it, so it's, it's okay. It's important for you to step back and say, I appreciate that that's what you're saying. And if, but at the same time, hold him accountable. And there's a way to tell if a child remembers something or not. One way to tell is to point out something that happened that may have been against him. So let's say in the middle of his fit and he's yelling, you come back and say, you know, I noticed that when you were yelling, I know I even said this and I was wrong for saying that. And if he acknowledges that you were wrong for saying that, then he's just clued you in that he actually does remember the whole situation. And if that's the case, then you can come back and say, okay, I appreciate it. you know the situation, so let's learn from it. Yeah, that's really important. And I think something else that could be helpful is to, to potentially do like a, a role play situation. Um, like, you know, I understand if you have anger and frustration, it's okay to take time and to get energy out. I mean, especially right now, kids might be cooped up and acting differently than, than they normally would. And their acting out may be a way of communicating when they don't have the words to say it. So role-playing and doing something like, look, I get that you're frustrated and you're also really bright. So let's find really bright, healthy ways for you to say what you really want to say. What you want to say might be that, you know, I'm really angry, I'm really frustrated, I might be, you know, dealing with energy. So let's find a way to get that energy out in a healthy way. And let's also find the right words. So let's let's role play this. Let's see, you know, what this looks like when you say it in a way where you don't end up getting in the consequence and it's a big dramatic evening because I think explaining that to him and having him understand that the night doesn't have to go badly for you to get what you actually want. Like you can mm. actually articulate your words. You can say things. You can get that energy out. I'm a safe space for you to get this energy out. Let's maybe even do some jumping jacks and get that actual energy out. 
And then let's go back into, you know, me helping you to articulate what you actually want to say and let's get that energy out. It doesn't have to be a dramatic blowout for you to get what you want or to vent your feelings. So how do you, when a kid's angry and upset, how do you channel that? Yeah, that's, I mean? a, that's, that's important to be able to say. But see, the way that's just, the way you just phrased that is a phrase, Brittany, I believe you can take and use with your son. Like saying, how do you think it's a good idea to channel this? Like, it's okay to be angry, but how do you think is a good way to express it? That's why I like what you point out about role-playing, because in role-playing, you can actually role-play the ineffective approach and say, Right. Yeah, here's right. a, let's do it ineffectively. Show me what it would be like to have an awful night. You scream something awful, I yell at you, you're in trouble. Now, show me what it's like to handle that calmly. And I want to say something else, and it might sound a little controversial at first, but I think it's important to hear. If your son stood in front of a frozen river and said, hey, mom, I'm going to dive in. It'll be fine. I can handle it. You're going to say, no, you're seven years old. You're not diving in a frozen river. It's not good for you. You know that clear cut. If your son is playing a video game and getting upset, please help me understand, Brittany, why he would ever be allowed to play that game again. I just don't, I, I want to get, I want to come to terms with understanding. So I think the way we would look at it would be if someone's struggling and they're saying, if you have a child who's getting upset when they play a game, why would we let them to play that? Why would we let, why would we set them up for failure to have them play the game? It is, it is setting them up for failure sometimes too. But I think um, a good point too is to have them practice um, role playing that or saying that when they don't feel that emotional response, like when they're not energy. That's why I think role playing can be helpful because maybe even, maybe you don't role play in that moment. Maybe you role play the next day when the energy has gone and you're able to, you know, practice it when it's not emotional and you, you'll say all the time you master what you practice. So yeah. now the next time they're angry, they actually get to think, okay, what was that that I went over and what was that that worked? And they're able to recall it because they practice it a couple of times. And so it can start to become more habitual when that emotion comes in rather than in the heat of the moment. Try this, do this, you know, yes. it, it's, it makes it a little little harder when you're in the heat of the moment. That's it. So, so we'll get into tonight, but the reality is that when we're emotional, we're steeped in the center of our brains. When we're thinking, when we're learning, we're in the front part of our brains and you're right. I, I, I love that you brought that up because if your only lesson or when he's fired up, you're not going to get that lesson through. So you want to do it at a time when it's not about that. I love that you have energy. Brittany, that sounds like you're doing a phenomenal job. Please stay encouraged because you're doing a phenomenal job. The fact is you recognize the intelligence in your son. You recognize you have energy and it can help guide him. So we appreciate you. We appreciate your parenting. I think you're doing a great job. Let's keep it up. Let's keep role playing. We got a whole lot more coming up tonight um, on emotional management on KBKA Radio. Welcome back. It's emotional management. Hey, Brittany, if you're still listening, would love for you to call back. Um, Part of the challenge, I missed that, that you were on the line. I would definitely love to talk to you. So I would love for you to call back if you can, if you're still listening. So look, if you're struggling right now and you want to talk, give us a call. 866-391-1020 is the number. 866-391-1020 is the number. I think it's really powerful, this call and this question from Brittany, because look, parenting to us is the most important thing in the world. I think this is... This is something that I think is the most honorable job that any of us do. Absolutely. And we don't come in saying, here, this is exactly how to do it. I love what you brought up for her, though, about the role play. Because we utilize that role play so much. Yeah, and I think um, it's a really good point, too, to practice it when you're not in that emotion. You know what I mean? Like when you, yes. when you're not in that emotion, um, because when you're in that, what do you always say? They drain the limbic system. So sometimes you have to talk stuff out and get it all out of you before you can actually even hear information. Right. So when kids are like really energetic and they're in a tantrum, it's really hard to speak to that rational part of their brain. Um, so that's not the time necessarily maybe to, to do this. You, you can as, you know, assess the situation, you can change things, you can de-escalate it. But for future, it's really good to talk about those things. Like when you're not, um, 
when you're not in it. When you're not in it. So when you're not in it. But I think this is one of those things that seems so obvious once you see it. But it's it to me, I feel like parents for the last 21 years of my career have come in and said, how in the world can we teach this point? And what I've seen is that once you unlock this key, you actually don't like it changes everything Mm -hmm. because the key is this. Not you, not me, not anybody on the planet, no one listening in the middle of a heated exchange, in the middle of intense emotions is going to say, oh, um, oh, that's the lesson. Oh, yeah, it's that lesson. No, when we're emotional, we just need to get that emotion out. Then once we get it out later on, we can reflect on it. So something that I brag about all the time that you have always did with our daughter growing up uh, with her throughout her childhood was you would preempt when you go into a situation. In other words, you always had the forethought to say, okay, here's the situation we're going to. Let's prepare for it. And I think that to me comes back to my dad's age old advice, which is what you anticipate is less of a problem than that which you do not anticipate. It's it's so true. I think you know, going to like a, to family functions, to events and different things, um, or even if I remember, you know, when when uh, our daughter was super little, and we go to Target, we were like, you know, we would know we were going to go into the toy aisle, and mm-hmm. you know, if you're a little kid, you're thinking, I'm going to look at toys. I want toys. I want. So right. we would always say, you know, we're going to look. We're we're picking up a few things. We're not there to buy things, but you can look at anything that you want. It helps to set the stage and helps them to understand what their next short amount of time is going to look like. So if your child's about to play a game or anything, you know, hey, last time you got kind of emotional about this game. So, you know, let's 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 think together. How can you still have fun and still play this game, but not have a reaction like that? Because that reaction is not acceptable. And I want to teach you how to, you know, be able to handle something and, you know, not have it create all of this chaos and drama. That's it. So I would say, it's honestly, I would love this, not only just for Brittany, if you're listening, but anybody out there with young children, I'd love for you to hear this. It's really okay to say to your children, look, I love you and I want you to have a beautiful life. I want you to enjoy life. This game appears to cause you a lot of pain. Because if it didn't cause you pain, you wouldn't be that upset. Now your children are in a bind because either they're going to recognize that and proceed with joy, or when they get upset, it's going to make all the sense in the world why you say, okay, that game is no longer an option. I'm not going to let you dive into a frozen river. I'm not going to let you play that game. Right. So you're able to say you're you're able to set up the situation for success. So you can either play this game in a healthy way where you're able to articulate your words and not have a meltdown or you don't play it. Right. So it's it's black and white and it's not emotional then. It's up to you. The, the ball's in their court. You have all the, the, you know, the capability or the, you know, the power in the world right now. You can choose to do this and over, you know, right. have a crazy reaction or you can you know, choose to play it peacefully and, you know, but the choice is yours. Right. That's it. So preempt, think about this for all of you out there who are parents, all of you who are parents of young children, here's what I'd love for you to do tomorrow, tomorrow morning, you wake up. What a beautiful day. We're alive. Let's get together. Let's think about what could cause us any kind of upsetness today. Hey, is playing that game causing you upsetness? Maybe you have a teenage a teenager who, when they contact certain friends, seem to get really upset, really down. Maybe you have kids that are all of a sudden, you know, used to going to school and having a teacher, be, you know, in-person curriculum, and now all of a sudden they're at home and they don't have a set schedule and they're, you know, trying to figure it all on their own. That's And that's actually a really hard thing for a lot of kids right now. So, yeah, talking about that in the beginning of the day, especially today's Monday, Um, You know, having your kids kind of really set the tone for the week. You know, this is what I want my week to look like. I want to work hard each day to to do the things that can make my week actually look that way and be successful and be positive and, you know, do all the things that I need to do to to protect my my mental health, my physical health, my spiritual health. How do I do that? When you have a game plan, things go better. That's it. Having a game plan because not having a game plan makes us reactive. Wait, you're doing this now? Let me do this. 
But when you have a game plan, you go into it ahead of time. So it takes it's on your turn. Yes. Yeah. So it takes just that foresight in doing that. Hey, I want to say thank you to Brandon. Brandon wrote in and said, hey, Dr. Conti, teacher here, I'll be using what you said in the classroom. Brandon, thank you so much for spreading this in the classroom. I think this is powerful knowledge for our young people to get. we got a whole lot more coming. If you want to be a part of the show in the second hour, give us a call. 866-391-1020 is the number. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. Welcome back to Emotional Management. I want to say thank you so much to people all over the world who are tuning in tonight. Um, we feel really blessed to know that there are people tuning in from different countries throughout the world. I also want to say a special thank you to everyone out there listening who might be home alone tonight. You know, a couple of weeks ago we had um, we actually had two callers call in who were struggling um, with being blind and being at home alone. And just our heart goes out to you. I know that there's a, there are a lot of complications a lot of people are dealing with. And yes, it's a fact that all over the world we're all dealing with this. You said something really insightful the other day about that. You uh, you had a moment where you were like, well, this is this moment was frustrating. And you said, but I recognize everybody's frustrated. Mm -hmm. And it was a really kind of a powerful moment to watch you say, okay, yes, I am going through this. But you kind of got yourself through that moment going, I know I'm not alone. There are so many people out there. Yeah. And when we had those um, calls a few weeks ago about the, the two, there were two ladies that um, were vision impaired. And th they definitely really stuck with me, you know, saying that they, you know, were isolated at home and, and struggling because they were used to going out to their community events at their church and um, used to having that as their interaction. So we just wanted to let you know that uh, if you're listening tonight, that we've been thinking about you a lot and that we, you know, we talked about you, we're thinking about you and that, again, you're not in this alone and we want to just give you a shout out and send you some love and let you know that you're not alone. You're still in our hearts, and we're definitely thinking about you and sending you all the best. Yeah, there are a lot of um, extraordinarily kind listeners uh, who appreciate the show and write in all the time. And, and are struggling. Say, yeah. They're struggling, yes. And I just want to let you know, yeah, that definitely you're in our thoughts, you're in our meditations. We want to send you uh, beautiful energy because I know it's not easy. It is not easy. And the reality is people are going through things that we have no idea about. I saw, I, you know, I talked to some people today who were struggling with what was going on in their own lives um, and were unable to kind of see that there are so many other people out there who are struggling. You're not alone. Give us a call. 866-391-1020 is the number if you'd like to talk. But even if you don't want to talk and you're just listening in, uh, maybe this next segment's good because we really want to hit on self-talk. I want to hit on self-talk. Like perspective changes everything. My dad sent uh, me a great uh, couple sayings uh, this week, and uh, one, one of them, it's humorous, but it's funny. It says, uh, my mom always told me I wouldn't accomplish anything by lying in bed all day, but look at me now, I'm saving the world. <laughs> I, love, I, I love that. Perspective, really, it, it defines how we see the world. So if your perspective is looking at what you don't have, you're going to be unfulfilled. If your perspective is centered on what's called confirmation bias. Okay, that sounds like a fancy term, but here's what it is. We have a tendency to see what we look to see. So if we want to see someone as dumb, it doesn't matter what they do. We're going to see them as dumb. If we want to see someone, we don't like that person. It doesn't matter how much good they do. We will only focus on what they do that wasn't right. And what's fascinating about confirmation bias, why it entraps us in our own minds is this. It doesn't allow you to be open to what you're missing. So you might think, well, this is exactly the way I see it. And it might be, but think of a box. You might only ever see one or two sides of a box. When you can drop or at least step away from confirmation bias for a moment, you're able to at least openly take in sides you might not have seen before. And it's really important, I think, to see those other sides. But I think right now we're kind of limited to what we're seeing since we're not, quote, out in, in the world. We're kind of seeing the world through our phones or through our televisions. So I think it's important to recognize that, you know, there's the social media world. 
And the social media world's not always an accurate world. No. <laughs> so, no, it's not. So you might be at home struggling, um, you know, have chips on your shirt and, <laughs> you know, barely got the kids dressed, barely brushed your teeth, you know, homeschooling a bunch of kids and have just kind of had a crazy day and you start, you know, you take your 10 minutes and scroll through social media and you see that someone's made homemade bread and planted a garden and did all these things. So just if you're, you know, while you're in the world and while you're seeing other sides of the box, realize that if you're only seeing the world through this quote, social media, you know, right. world, that that may not necessarily be what's really going on. You know, I've, you and I both have had friends who we've seen who have been going through hard stuff and their social media page looks beautiful and perfect right. and like they're, you know, they're living the dream. But in reality, that's not always the case. So right. don't judge your life against the lives that you're looking at and scrolling through on, you know, the flat screen and, you know, the two dimensional world, because that's not the real world. And, um, you know, don't compare yourself to anyone, but yourselves kind of, you know, you're against you and you at this point. Right. I think that I saw an article the other day of women. I thought this was a great thing. There were women who were showing the difference between what they pose on Instagram and what is real life. Mm. And when you see these pictures, mm -hmm. it was kind of it was kind of fun to watch because you see It is. Yeah, I've you, seen those. Yeah, yeah, you say like when you're what you're believing is going on is not likely what's going on that way. I, and I like what you said too. I think from our professions what we see all the time are people who we know the real story but with the story that's being presented to the world is vastly different so you're right if you're home right now and you're looking and you're saying you you have to understand the medium that you're looking through so for instance uh twitter i li, twitter can be used any way you want to use it so i actually use twitter my hashtag by the way is dr underscore conti c-o-n-t-e where'd you come up with that one yeah original. <laughs> would love for you to follow that account here's what i do every single morning of my life i wake up i meditate i imagine that i'm standing in front of seven billion plus people and i think if i was going to give a message if i was going to add to the content of the universe today what would i say to the world this is how i start off every day of my life so i use twitter in that way recently i've also been promoting some of my books i'll i'll, I'll say hey look here's, here's an opportunity to get this book but they're good books and they're super helpful so well that's i think okay. you helped me in all honesty <laughs> let's be honest i think you've helped me see it's okay to say let people know about the work i'm doing because i put so much effort into writing them yeah the books are good and so you're not you know you're not in a sense selling your books you're you're providing a service and i think the the material is really helpful so to share really helpful material that might help someone struggling is a, is a really good conscious thing to do. Well, I appreciate that. And I know you're biased, but I still appreciate it. That's okay. It. But here's the deal. So when, it, when you look at Twitter, you can look at it and use it for simply that. I don't scroll through and look what other people are posting or anything like that. I don't do that at all. And the reason why I don't do that is I understand what Twitter is. It's usually a, a space for people to say impulsively whatever opinions arise. Maybe in the past, 20 years ago, if you went to a, a restaurant, you didn't like your, your, your meal, only you and your family knew about it. But now, instantly, you, tell the, you feel obligated. I must tell the entire world that this meal was not to my liking, taken away really from me. You really don't have to share every opinion. It's you okay. Don't. It's okay if you don't share all your opinions. I thought you were just going to say that my accent and my... <laughs> was really good, but you're saying don't share opinions. If I shared my opinion on social media, I may have said something. Accent, you have said something really bad. I get that. So I appreciate that you have that, that you have that restraint. Look, if you're struggling and you want to talk, 866-391-1020 is the number. And would love to hear from you. Would love to be able to talk to you about whatever you're going through. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. Welcome back to Emotional Management. <laughs> I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is these are coronavirus times, and uh, a couple glitches. A couple and that's glitches. okay. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I was talking for a couple minutes there uh, to myself, and <laughs> I thought it was really good stuff. It was the most brilliant thing you've so ever brilliant. said. I can't believe people missed can't it. Can't believe you missed it, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so look, this is the world we are in right now. We're all doing the best that we can. I'm so grateful to all of you uh, for listening. You gave away oh, the secret of life. I gave away no the one secret heard. of life. I'm so sorry you missed it. <laughs> um, I'm going to try to repeat it. Not sure if it'll come out the same way. Let, let me go through the email. Uh, so the questions 
I'm going to go to Valerie. Valerie asks, I don't know how to stay in control every time when I'm extremely angry. I, I, I break things. It seems like each time is more powerful um, for me. I try to control myself, but it seems to always fail. I'm really sick of all this violence, the action, and myself. Please help me. I feel very desperate. Thank you, Valerie. Valerie, thank you so much for your question. Um, I... Um, I said this really succinctly a minute ago, but I want to say it a little, I want to say it even better <laughs> this time. Look, anger, it sucks. It sucks to be so stuck in anger that that's all you can concentrate on. Anger makes, it makes everything else disappear. It becomes our focus and it really becomes our puppet master. It controls us. And the only way to break free from that is to cut those strings, is to no longer let it have that control. So look, anger, people come up to me at times, um, you know, I'm, I'm an anger management specialist. People will say, well, you don't feel anger. And that is far from the case. I feel anger. I just deal with it differently. I, I sit in anger sometimes, you know, um, and I will say there's a beginning, there's a middle, and there's an end. And I understand that this anger is going to pass. And I understand right now, if you're listening, if you're struggling with anger, you're thinking, well, what's the big deal? I, I, I can say that it's going to pass. That doesn't do anything when I'm angry. It doesn't do anything when you're angry because you really don't believe it. See, when you actually really believe it, it's almost like saying, um, like when you know that a TV show has a beginning and a middle and an end, it would be foolish to sit there and think this show is going to play forever. And then when the ending comes, oh my gosh, I didn't know it was going to have an end. <laughs> and as silly as that is, the truth is it's almost that silly when we think about anger and think, I can't get out of this anger. There's no way out. Because here's my secret. And this is a secret I'm giving away for free on the radio show right here, right now. Thank you so much for tuning in. Here's the secret. I promise you that your anger will go away. You can't stay angry forever. Mm -hmm. One of the most... feels like you might. It feels yeah. like it. Yeah. It feels like it. But I think one of the really powerful... So when I speak... Um, uh, I'm a professional speaker, and I'll always clap, and I, I'll stand on, I'll do whatever to keep people's attention. And the reality is I know that the human attention span is about eight minutes. So no matter how dialed in you are, no matter how much you pay attention, the reality is that your mind will wander, even if it's only briefly. Now, understanding this about the human attention span is good for teachers. It's good for people who are speakers, because if you understand this, then you frame what you're saying in ways that will match people's natural attention span. But here's another key to understanding this. When you understand this, instead of thinking that this anger, even though it feels like it'll last forever, actually will, you really approach it with saying, it is going to end. There's going to be a beginning, there will be a middle, and there will be an end. This anger cannot last. Valerie, that's the message I would love to reach in your heart and have you feel. Anger cannot last forever that's a good point and even if you don't believe it the first couple times you say it just start saying it you'll you'll believe it at some point right start saying it you will believe it and there's um there's a very co a common book that you know maybe a lot of people have read called the power of now by Eckhart Tolle and I remember him telling a story about you know if you saw geese on a pond kind of getting into an argument and, you know, they, they would have some sort of quarrel. When they go away from each other, they don't just kind of go away peacefully. They, f they flap their wings and they get that energy out. So a lot of times we leave interactions that are, you know, that get us riled up and get us angry and get us frustrated, but we don't do anything with that energy. Anger is an energy, you yeah. know, and so that energy can consume your body and you can either talk it out and have a catharsis that way or you can, you know, metaphorically flap your wings and get it out that way. So I think it's important that if you are experiencing some sort of anger that you take the time to either have a catharsis by talking to someone and getting it out that way or physically getting that energy out. So here's something from that book that you always bring up that's excellent. I love the voice. You have to do the voice and everything. <laughs> um, but if you, you always talk about like, if you look at nature, 
and a lion and a lion goes after its prey and it doesn't get it it doesn't sit there and beat itself up about it right right yeah so nature usually handles things much much differently you know more maybe more consciously we're kind of in our minds more and i'm not going to do the impression do the impression what did the lion say I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you have this great impression i'm not going to do the say. lion interpretation but um, you know, nature has a way of being, you know, more kind of connected and not being, you know, they, they know how to handle things because there's not, they're, they're not overthinking things. So if I'm overthinking things, Kristen will say to me, oh, I'm a lion. Oh, I'm a lion. <laughs> I didn't get my prey. Terrible impersonation. Said, this is my impersonation of you because you're not doing it. Oh, I'm a lion. I didn't get my gazelle today. Oh, I'm really upset with myself. It doesn't do that. Instead... It is present. And let's think about that with your own life. How angry do you get about things not going the way you think they should go rather than looking at the reality? Earlier on, I mentioned about uh, uh, someone who wrote in and talked about how you can feel, you don't feel like anger has to do with entitlement, especially when you're angry. When you're angry, my goodness, you don't believe that what you're doing is entitled. By, by, by all means, you think, no, this isn't entitled. This is... This is the reality. Yeah, and I, one good thing that I was, you know, I was talking to your dad. Your dad sometimes gives some great advice, and he, I was talking to him one time about, you know, like the the energy and the intensity of hurricanes and how, you know, how do palm trees withstand that? And I said they must be so strong, and he said no, they're actually very pliable, and they actually just kind of go with the the energy. So I think you know, again, with, with anger, sometimes the more adaptable you are, and the more you can kind of go with the flow or become present. The less rigid you are, like when you're rigid, you know, for example, in a hurricane, you can, a tree can snap very easily. If it's a very, you know, rigid, sturdy tree, it'll snap. But if it's, you know, more pliable and kind of go with the flow, it's more, you know, able to withstand the storm. Yeah. It's able to withstand it. I'm able to be pliable and recognize that you're not going to do the impression of the lion, although I think it's excellent. Um, Look, if you're struggling and you want to talk, the number is 866-391-1020. If you have a chance, I would love for you to check out YouTube. You go on YouTube. It's a free resource. Um, you type in Dr. Christian Conti. I'd love for you to subscribe. You'll be able to see some of the videos that I do. Plus, I think when you listen to a radio show, you say, what does this guy even look like? And then you see me, you say, that can't be him. Hey, listen, I appreciate you so much tuning in. We want to bring you peace. That long blonde uh, hair of yours, yeah. really. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. That'll actually get people to tune in. Be like, Does he really have long blonde hair? That long blonde perm of you yours, really. we got a whole bunch more coming up on emotional management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. Hey, we're back. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. It's emotional management, your weekly checkup from the neck up. Listen, we're going to go to this very powerful question from Eric. Eric writes in and he says, I've been married for 11 years and the past four or five years have been on a decline. We have four kids from nine to eight months old. I love her. She loves me. I think there is an underlying mental illness that has developed with her to the point it has landed her in the hospital and I asked the doctor to evaluate her psyche. She was diagnosed with paranoia and seeing delusions. When I try to rationalize with her during an argument, it goes unsuccessful most of the time. I'm doing my best I can to not engage in the yelling battle as I know it's not good for us or the kids. I'm having a hard time just even engaging in conversation with her because I don't know what will or won't set her off. She's a stay-at-home mom now, and with the pandemic happening, just added three people to her daytime routine, so I can understand her stress increase, and I'm, I'm trying to help in any way possible, but sometimes when I step in to help, I get the, you're stealing my job from me, or you're in my way, or you're not supposed to be here right now. So I pause and say, you're right, we're not normally here, but this is the new normal, so how can we help you adjust to this and take some of the stress off you? Then it turns into an argument, and I'm just wondering how I can get her help because she won't go willingly and thinks talking to a counselor or psychiatrist is wrong. I've offered to go with her. I tell her about my experiences talking with a therapist, but she just thinks because we don't talk, which isn't true, why would we go to talk to someone else? We've basically completely alienated ourselves from our friends and our family. I love this woman to death, but I just don't know how to fix things. 
Thank you, Eric. Eric, man, this is powerful. And I appreciate you so much because I feel like this is raw. This is real. Like this is life. This is a glimpse into an American family who is struggling in, 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 in a deep time. And so when you come to something like this, where you see that you don't even know what to say, like, I don't know what to say in this conversation. First of all, I think that's one of the safest things to say. I think being genuine is so important. Like, listen, honey, I love you. I don't even know what to say right now. I feel like if I say this, it's going to be wrong. Help me. I want to be gent. Like you ha there's a difference in your tone of voice. So Eric, I can say this. I want to get Kristen's thoughts on it too, but it's not just what you say, it's how you say it. So you can be, you can have all the right things to say, but the tone of voice matters. And I'm sorry, but the struggling that you're going through, like this is a tough one. This is definitely tough. I don't want you to think there's no hope because there's definitely hope. And this, I mean, yeah, this, this question is very, um, it's, it's very powerful. And I, I, I definitely feel for you, Eric. Um, I think it's in this situation, it's such a different situation. You know, if this were quote normal times, there'd be, I think from me, there would be different advice. Um, but because we're in the situation that we're in, I think, you know, finding counseling again, you can do, you know, virtual things, but it, it can be sometimes more difficult. Um, so I think you almost have to have your intention being on like hunkering down and getting, your children and your wife like is kind of holding a, a space so that it's it's stable as possible you know yeah. so that this this time you you know that we have at least maybe two more weeks of you know maybe you know quarantine and you need to kind of just be thinking how can i make everyone and and again that's a lot of responsibility on you but if you know you're you're willing to rise to the challenge i think it's important for you to kind of see if you can maintain a homeostasis for this next however much longer that we have and then after that maybe there there may be specific steps you can do and and if you find some videos and some things online that you think are helpful you could maybe be watching them in earshot not you know kind of putting it on her or doing anything that would agitate the situation just maybe playing peaceful things having peaceful things going on just kind of trying to create a peaceful space at home for the time being until things change out of that kind of pressure cookery type of a place. Yeah. And I would say this. So I've done a lot of work in 21 years with people who struggle with paranoia, people who struggle with uh, seeing delusions. Um, and the work that I've done, what I've found is this. First of all, I agree with my wife, 100% creating that safe atmosphere. But here's the piece that I feel like has helped me kind of connect with people who are struggling with this. If you go outside right now, Eric, it's nighttime, you look up and you see the moon. You see the moon. You say, look, there's the moon moon right there. But what if someone came along and told you, no, there's no moon there. What are you talking about? Like, literally, there's no moon. Like this what you're is seeing, super important. Yeah, like yeah. what you're seeing right now is not real. You would be like, you're kidding me. I see the moon. You're crazy. I'm not. So you have to understand that neurologically, neurologically, chemically, if your wife is seeing delusions, she really is, that's real for her. So talking down to her, talking like, oh, they, oh yeah, you see that, don't you? That's not, it's not going to work because the truth is, and this has been my secret, and I'm going to give everyone out there my true secret. I really do believe when I speak with people, I don't come at people saying, nope, my reality is right and yours is wrong. Mm -hmm. Instead, I come at people and say, teach me about what you're seeing because the fact is, maybe you're seeing something I'm not seeing. What I've found is that when I fully go into working with people, setting my ego aside and genuinely believing that they might be seeing something that I'm not able to see, then I create such a safe space between the two of us that I find, and I've done this again, this isn't like once or twice for 21 years, what I see is people will feel like maybe I'm not seeing it, maybe it's not there, so help me see. But only when people feel psychologically safe enough. And to do that, I want you to try to see things the way she's seeing them. Really genuinely try to see things from her eyes. That's that's so important. And I think you really need to say that again. Because 
when someone is having delusions or has something that they're struggling with, and especially during, you know, this time when maybe they, they don't have as quick of access to, to maybe getting help that they might need, um, you've been able to, to talk to people and deal with people in these types of situations. And I think that's so powerful that, you know, if you talk to someone in a condescending way mm-hmm. and say, oh, you know what, do you see that? Oh, okay. But you know, that's not real, right? Like, I think that can, when someone's actually seeing that and they're actually struggling, that can push it so much further. And so just by being understanding and accepting to the stage that they're in and not being judgmental and, you know, holding a space for them is so important. I, I really, I think it is the key. So I want, I want to kind of set the stage for you. I've worked with thousands and thousands of people from all over the world. I've seen people with all kinds of different perspectives. And I have cultivated my own belief that what I see to me makes sense and is real, but I don't believe I have all the answers. In other words, I'm, I'm a devoutly uh, faithful person. I have a lot of belief in my faith, but I'm also open that maybe I don't have everything perfectly. <laughs> I'm, not, I, I'm not fully divine. I don't see everything. And because I really do believe that and I'm open genuinely, I'm not saying no secretly, I really know the answers. I'm saying openly, I don't know. And I believe when you approach your wife with that type of genuine interest in what is going on, in the way she sees the world, I believe she's going to feel safe enough to kind of confide in you. And this part's huge. But there's one other piece that I need to call to your attention, Eric, and that is this. There's a there's one of your last lines in this in this letter. It says, I don't know how to fix this. And I would love to reach in your heart and have you hear this, buddy. It's not about fixing it. You're not fixing it. It's not a car. It's not broken. It is this is the way this is the way she experiences life. So it's not about fixing it. It's about how do I interact in the most effective way? That might sound like, oh yes, that's just language or that's not that important. I believe, and this is just my opinion, again, this is just the perspective I see, but I believe it is profoundly important not to look at it like, I need to fix you, and instead look at it like, how do I connect with you? That, to me, transforms the way you have a relationship with someone. That's it. That's super powerful. Look, if you're struggling, there's still time to talk. 866-391-1020 is the number. I'm actually going to hit on uh, a topic uh, while we still have time on the show that I'm excited to talk about. I think it's important. So if you want to call, give us a call, 866-391-1020. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. You are not, right now, you're not stuck at home. You are safe at home. One word can change your attitude. It's powerful to recognize. You're not stuck at home. You're safe at home. Think about how you define your world. So look, it's, it's, this is my talk show, so I want to come up with a subject that's important to me. Instead of you laughing. But listen, it's, it's, I do this show because I want to give information to the world. Here's a piece of information I think is really important. We touched on it earlier, confirmation bias. But I feel like I just it's, it's something I really wanted to get out this week, tonight, because I'm watching it. I watch it so much. I see people who are so set on hearing what they want to hear that it doesn't matter what amount of truth you put in front of them because their minds only gravitate toward what they already believed they were going to hear. And here's the problem with confirmation bias. When you're sitting at home and you're watching the news and you're watching whatever you tune into, if you're doing so already fired up to hear exactly what you think you're going to hear, to, to, to see exactly what you think you're going to see, then give yourself a break. Look, my job is to try to bring the world peace, and I want to bring you peace. And if I can give you some insight, it would be this. Pay attention to what your biases are. You're not wrong or bad for having biases or inclinations or tendencies. You're human. But being human, we are fallible. And one of the ways we make mistakes is by believing that what we already know is perfect knowledge and then whatever we watch, we have to make sure that confirms what we already know. The problem with this has gotten our country into an enormous divide. We have people who identify with a party 
in politics and then just absolutely have vitriol hatred toward the other side. And they listen and watch the other side only through the lens of this absolute just hatred. And the problem with that is this. If you spend your life looking to confirm what you already know, then you really are giving yourself no chance to learn anything new. And although I can hear so many people out there listening to that and agreeing with it, the truth is what I'm about to say next is the clincher. The yes, but game occurs when we agree with truth, but then we give ourselves excuses for why we're going to keep doing it. So I can imagine in a show that is tuned into by people, not just in America, but in, in different countries all over the world. And thank you again for everybody who tunes in and writes in from Europe, from Africa, um, from Australia, um, from Asia. Super grateful. But I also know this. When you are locked in confirmation bias, your ability to find truth absolutely kind of shrinks. It shrinks so much because the only thing you're seeing is what you want to see. The yes, but game occurs when you say, yes, I know this is true. Absolutely. It's the other side that does that all the time. It's not. It's you. It's me. It's all of us. So what if we were able to collectively, or better yet, individually, start to challenge our own egos? Uh, I think that's a great point. And the, you know, the world happens and it, and it is what it is. And I think that we create a narrative in our minds that kind of, we're, you know, we narrate our own life. Yes. So we, so we, you know, we, we make these narrations and we set up the story and we live in that world. And so we can make that world, you know, we can give it any, any descriptive words that we want. We can give it any story that we want. Um, so I think having that self-talk and, and, you know, seeing that confirmation bias, you know, when we see something and we create a story and we, you know, whether it makes us angry or it makes us, it proves our point or, you know, whatever side we're on for our, whichever topic we're thinking about, um, you know, sometimes it's good just to step back and see the world is what it is. And, you know, you take out the adjectives and the extreme narrative and kind of get out of our minds for a second and just see that things are the way they are. And we don't have to give a, a you know, a, an extremely emotional kind of narrative to, to what things are. You remember Father Robert Connolly? I do. Father Connolly was most amazing human being. He was so awesome. Just, just an incredible human being. He taught me martial arts. He was a Catholic priest who spent uh, time as a hermit. He had mastered not only uh, Taekwondo, but also Aikido. And he came up with his own system of martial art called Sejong Taekwondo. And I studied under him for many years. When I was a teenager, um, this I was a hot-headed, uh, know-it-all, little arrogant teenager. But I didn't meet you till after that. I didn't meet you till <laughs> later. But um, I, listen, I've had growing to do my whole life. But when I was a teenager and I would get kind of full of myself, one of the great things Father Connolly would do is he would have me stand up in front of the class and he would have me do an example of something. Let's say it was a kick that I got down real well. But he always pushed it to the point where when I would do this kick in front of people, I'd end up falling down. It would be more than what I could handle. And what I loved about the lesson, not in the moment, but what I loved about that lesson in life was when my ego got too much, he found a way to knock it down. I think that's what good teachers do. I think that when our egos creep in and tell us that our view, our way of seeing the world is the, um, is the absolute perspective, I think the problem that we run into is that it's our ego. And can you, can I, can we change that? Can you challenge? So here's my challenge for you for this week, and I'd love for you to write in and tell me how it's going. Um, you can write it to the website, you can write it to Facebook, uh, you can write in uh, to email, but give me, let me know how this is going. Can you challenge your own ego? This is what I would like to start, a little challenge where we challenge our own egos. In other words, instead of believing that you have the answers, you go, wait a minute, maybe I'm off. Maybe genuinely I'm off. Now here's the problem, and let me tell you ahead of time. This is why coming back to what you said earlier about role playing is so important. So here's what can happen with this exercise. You can believe that you're going to do this, and then you'll just look to confirm that you were right anyway. So you'll be like, I'm challenging my ego, but I keep coming back to that I'm right and everyone's wrong. <laughs> so what I'm asking you to do is genuinely challenge it. Step to the side and say, hold on a second. Maybe I don't have complete knowledge. Maybe there is more out there that I have yet 
to understand. And I want to be open to that. The more open to that you are, the more it actually can bring you peace. Look at my videos and, and, and everything I do, I always end by telling people, I wish you much peace. And it's more than just wishing you much peace. It's my path. I believe it's my calling in life. I mean, I think maybe we create our meaning. I create uh, the meaning for my own life, but my meaning is to try to bring people peace. That doesn't mean it's always going to be easy, and that means that sometimes, just the way Father Conley knocked me down, and I loved it because he knocked down my ego that needed to be knocked down, at times that's what I really do for people. I try to challenge your ego enough so that you can be knocked down because ultimately I believe that when your ego breaks down, your essence arises, and when your essence arises, you can find peace. And if you want to learn more about ego and essence, I'd love for you to check out my new book, Walking Through Anger. Here's a plug for that book right now. Go ahead, give a plug for that book. By Walking Through Anger. It's a great book. <laughs> no, but that's but no, but I think I think that's great. It's great to say because if you know if we knew all the answers right now, what's the point? You know right. what I mean? Why are we here? We have we have, we're here to learn and we're here to grow. So we have lots more to learn and lots more to grow. And we got lots more coming up every week from 8 to 10. It's Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. And as always, I wish you much peace. Tune in next week to 8 to 10 on KDKA Radio.